radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Here comes Goudreau, moving up there. Goudreau, Jordan scores! Monday, November 4th, 2019, I am Brutes Battaglia from the North Side. And uh, I am James Cole um, of November. Yes. Yeah. That's all I got. Nothing still, eh? No. 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 It's okay. It's a nice little holiday. You've been, you've been looking? Uh, no. I've I had some offers at one point. Yeah. And I... It was like August. You know what's funny? And I was like, no, it's summer. You know what's funny about that whole Puck 77 thing closing is like, you know, like, it was, a, it was a real good little website. Like, it did a really good job. A lot of interesting interviews, a lot of interesting content, a lot of good writers. Um, of which I don't really consider you and I to necessarily have been two of them. <laughs> like, like, not that we're, like, bad writers, but, like, it's not like we contributed a ton. I think I did a little bit more in terms of, like... Um, you might have written more pieces. Like, I'm not really sure how much you oh, wrote, no. no. But, but I contributed more. Like, I was, like, the deadline guy, the free... I was supposed to be the free agent guy. That never ended up happening. I think I covered the trades on draft night. Mm. And there were none. Other than a pick swap. So, like, you know, like, we weren't necessarily essential, I thought. Or at least not the stars. And that website closed. And, like, my Twitter DMs that day were fucking flying off yeah, the wall you same. know like it was crazy yeah and it was cool it was fine it was kind of neat I, got, i'm got happy my, got my twitter follow count way up yeah from joining i'm, I'm so. really happy with the site i'm at they're great guys good yeah no i uh i don't know I, i'd like and to girls. get back into it at some point i just uh i don't know i didn't i didn't respond be, to you'd the be offers more apathetic if you weren't so lethargic yes Let's go with that. The Family Guy joke. You remember that one? I, I do. I just yeah. can't really remember the yeah the context of that. Peter joke. opens up a New Yorker, and there's a cartoon with like a dog that says that, and he literally stands there outside the newspaper stand on a time lapse for two and a half days, and he's like, "Oh, I get that. That's kind of funny." And he walks up to the counter. Yeah, can I get one order of jugs? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is laced up a hockey podcast, it is. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're also. A uh, small-time uh, fan fiction Mad Men podcast. Oh, well, and I wish we were a fan fiction Mad Men. We're more like a, a fan enthusiast true. podcast. Well, you are. Yeah, I don't have any uh, sequel ideas at this point yet, although there are plenty of opportunities, let me tell you. Okay, I'll yeah. have to take your word for it, because yeah. I, I, I saw your, your tweet that yeah. you had 
after last week's episode. Yeah. Um, yeah that so there's actually only seven seasons. Yeah, so here's what happened is last week, if you listen to last week's episode, I'm like, yeah, there's eight seasons, so I got a season and a half to go. What I didn't realize at the time is I was like five episodes from the last episode. I was watching the last season at the time. Um, I'm a little torn. I don't... I... You know, I, I've I, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about how shows end, the appropriate way to end a show, That's or very things true, like that. Actually, and yeah. you know, I've made a lot of points to you that I think, how are they supposed to end a show? Like, like I don't generally complain about this type of thing. I I see the writers' visions and things like that. There's a lot of fucking loose ends in that show, man. I don't really know if I care for that. Like a lot, like. I'm, I'm, fine, where... I'm fine with not a lot of closure. There's, like, none in that series. There's no closure. To the, to Nobody the has where, anything like, Maybe do you final. think they were going to do another season? I... Maybe they will. Or the writers thought that there maybe, would they, be like, They season? might do another one. Like, I, I, I could see it. Like, none of the actors are, are dead. Like, everyone that was starred in that show, that if their character was alive at the end of the show, like, they're still alive. The only guy... That maybe has passed away as an actor. His character passed away in the show anyway. Um, we now now that I'm thinking about to, it, uh, like he passed away toward the end of season seven. So maybe they knew. Maybe they are doing another season, and they're like, "Yeah, he's not going to make it by then. We got to kill him off now." Because he killed him off at like a they killed off Bertram Cooper, the the guy that started the ad agency that they initially worked for. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah. Now there was no reason to kill him off. There's like three episodes left of Roger Sterling's just sitting there and he gets a phone call and it's and he's like, oh shit. And then they all meet at the office and they're all sad because Burt Cooper's dead. Mm. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why did you need to kill off Burt Cooper? The only guy in the whole series where like at no point was like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Everyone in that show sucks. And he was like the only guy where I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. And they kill him off. Kill him off! For what? To set up your... your 10 year anniversary season maybe that's mm -hmm. why okay yeah uh, our, our uh, deep condolences to uh, whichever actor now perishes due to our um, mm -hmm. clarification that everyone's still alive I think well they're all still the alive I mean it, it only ended a few years ago so I I, I don't think anyone's passed away since then John, John Hamm I'm gonna check to make sure that this guy I'm talking about is still alive Robert Morse Robert Morse yeah he's still alive Robert Morse yeah he was in uh, House no, it's David Morse. Oh, yeah, and also like Mad Men ended three years ago. House ended a lot of years ago, and David Morse was in it in like 2006. So no, I was like, that's, I, that's I know not that. an accurate update on that guy. No, no, I, I, I know that. I'm just like I'm making like <laughs> that's the guy from House. Oh, like, Sean Connery can't be dead. Well. The Hunt for Red October just came out. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a thing. No. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know. I wasn't crazy about the ending. I liked the way they tied up Don. I think the last see like the last scene of the series is brilliant. I love the way that they ended everything on Don. Um, cuz it's kind of an interpretive one again. I think it's really like you can kind of take it a few different ways. Um, but everyone else it's like I I I I don't know. The big question I have for you is did they ever come back to the storyline about Don not being Don? 
Not as much as I was led to believe. Like, I talked to a former guest of the Laced Up podcast and Mad Men fan, Cody Fraser, and uh, he said they kind of do, and, like, they they don't completely abandon it to the point that I thought they did, but they didn't take it where I thought, where I hoped they would, where I was hoping the final season was going to be more or less, like, everyone around him crashing down on him because they find out that he's lying about who he is and, like, maybe he's got to, like, kind of run from the law sort of thing. Like, what he did was super illegal and unethical to take this guy's identity. I mean, obviously, it's never fucking really legal to take someone else's identity unless you're in the witness protection program, um, which he was not. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They didn't They didn't really milk that for all they could. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Because they didn't make the show about this controversial thing. The show was more or less about these characters. And not so much about Don lying. I mean, it was about Don lying, but not about that. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is uh, that concludes your Mad Men content until, I guess... I, I, no, um, I, I would still say it was movie. a good show, though. Like, it's... Uh, in terms of drama series I've ever seen, it's, it's top ten, for sure. Wow. Yeah, okay. For easily. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good, but mm-hmm. maybe maybe not much higher than like eight. Hmm. That's what we should do. I thought we did that already. Best drama series of all time? No, did we not? We we haven't done that many top tens. I don't know if I've seen enough dramas to have a top ten. No, start to finish. I don't know. You liked Breaking Bad well enough. You just didn't like the ending, but you would put it up there, right? It would be up there. Does Mash count towards the end? You'd have to Google something to do with that. Like it, it's, it's like. What, well, I'm asking it, you because you're the mash connoisseur. Well, You've like seen the, all the nine thousand episodes. The first five seasons are definitely a comedy. Mm-hmm. The last eighty four. Yeah, seasons Jamie Farr running are, around in a dress. What's yeah. not funny about that? The the last two thirds of the series are not so comedic. Like it's still funny, but it's nowhere near the level of. Yeah, comedy like they get really. Into I gotta the... tell you, that's kind of where BoJack Horseman's going, mm. and I'm I'm fine with that. Like I'm totally fine with it because I think what they've done is made also one of the one of the best written series of all time, and it's because of the drama element that they've added. Like it's really funny. Don't get me wrong, but it's 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 come a long way because of this. You know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, I just, I don't think I've seen ten ten dramas. No. If you, like, let, let, let's say MASH. I mean, House counts. House, MASH, Breaking Bad. I'm not going to lie to you. I think House probably cracks my top ten. Like, like even from a... Even from, like, a considering everything, like, I, I think House gets horribly underrated mm-hmm. in the big grand scheme of things. Definitely. When it really wanted to, to crush you, man, holy fuck, that show could, s- like, sink your emotions more than any network drama I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. Great you know? writing, great acting. Um... But yeah, that, that's what Breaking Bad, Mash House. That's it for you, eh? That's probably about it. Hmm. You need to expand your horizons. Well, it's not that I don't want to. Um, it's that I, I don't know the the drama. I, I can throw a comedy on and just like not give a shit and not pay attention, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if I throw a drama on, like I got to be invested. Like I, I got to like like fuck you. I'm not talking to you, I'm not texting you. Yeah, you don't have a lot of time, I guess. Yeah. I find, like, here's the thing, is, like, I'll put comedies on before bed. I find I don't wind down before bed and get as tired when I'm watching comedies. Hmm. I find with dramas, they can kind of, like, unless, you know, it's fucking 
the third last episode of Breaking Bad or something like that. You know, my heartbeat's going to be pumping, but, mm. uh, you know. Like, yeah. I just, like, even, like, I, I've been re-watching The Sopranos now, which I'm, I'm sure I'll update next week. And it just, it, 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 it I love it, and I don't want to go to bed, but it, it makes me sleepier, because it's a little bit quieter, yeah. you know, in a way. See, I'm, in that, a way. that's the thing, like, if there's probably three or four series on Netflix that I want to watch, and I'll be, like, scrolling, like, ooh, I want to watch that, that sounds really interesting, and I'll be like, eh, it's 1am, I don't really know if I want to stay up for 45 minutes, and right. I'll purposely not put it on, because I don't want to miss something, mm-hmm. and fall asleep on that first episode. But Are you big fall asleep with the TV on like you? I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, well, but I'll just... but here's my question to you is if you started an episode of a show, will you fall asleep unintentionally? That's my question because like I love I've I never used to sleep with the TV on and I've started doing it over the last 6 months and I do like it. It's a it's a change of pace, you know. Hmm. And um it's a spice of life. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> I've never been to Europe. But I've started leaving the TV on, and I've started putting honey in my teas. And let me tell you, uh, my life is—I'm a new man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Like, do do you like? Are is it a dangerous thing to start a new show? You think at that time of night, or would you be cognizant enough to watch an episode, be like, I'm I'm drifting off, and then set the sleep timer and put on that '70s show see, or some shit? It's tough with show like. A movie, every time. I'll start a movie, and I'll get like halfway That's through fair. it, and I'll fall asleep. That's fair. There's less at risk. Yeah. You know, if you, if you fall asleep halfway through, well then watch the other 45 minutes tomorrow. Yeah. If you fall asleep on a show, it's like, fuck, I missed three episodes. You know? That. If or... You, you have, do you have Crave? No. Because Crave doesn't cut you off. Oh. I shit you not, man. I fell asleep Friday night with Seinfeld on. I got home Saturday night from work. Two seasons later of Seinfeld still mm. going on my TV. It's like, how does a Chromecast still fucking got this queued up? My phone's been out of the building for ten hours. Yeah. How is it still going? And I, sh- I come back home and it's still rolling, like, as if I'm sitting there watching it. Crave TV, like, who do you think sits there and watches TV for fucking 48 hours straight? Not I. Insomniacs. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, like, the, the alternative, though, there is that you uh, you fall asleep... And you go to watch what you missed the next day, mm-hmm. and you're fast forwarding, and you're fast forwarding, and you're fast forwarding. Like, oh, I missed two minutes, <laughs> right? And you're like, I just got all comfy to sit down and watch like thirty minutes of TV. Yeah, and it's like I, all that I- happened to me the other day too. With uh, I, it might have been an episode of Mad Men. I, I was like, fuck, like I, I was drifting off at night, and I'm like, oh my god, like I, I just I gotta pause this. So I paused it, and I didn't look at how much time was left. I just like put something else on right away. And I went back the next day, and I, I literally had seen the last line of the episode. Like, mm. there was one more shot of a character sitting there by themselves, and then that, and then the credits rolled. It was yeah. like, oh, I thought about that all day. Yeah. About what was going to happen. I find it's even worse with a movie. Like, one I haven't seen before. Because, like, you're fast-forwarding, and you're fast-forwarding, and, you're, and it takes you fucking three hours just to fast-forward. Right. Because it takes so goddamn long to load. Mm-hmm. But like when you when you've are ever you, seen a are film, you, you are you still using a VCR? Is that why? No. Oh. No, my internet just kind of sucks. Oh. Yeah. You guys got Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday to uh, Shaw, uh, local representative Cam Thomas. No. And your shitty product. Yeah, it's it's not my favorite. No. Um. No. Okay. 
Uh, Mad Men was fine. Good. I guess uh, it's probably enough TV talk. TV talk, one of the uh, categories in, in Jeopardy that I watched last night. TV talk. Hmm. Jeopardy guy? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't watch it that often, but... That's fair. I think, I think it's probably the best game show, but I also don't have patience for it sometimes. I don't know how to describe it. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know. I like Trebek. It's just really proper. Sometimes I'm not in the mood for it, you know? Yeah, sometimes you want something dirty and gritty. Yeah, like I want to listen to the Idiots and Family Feud ask, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how, how sexy are you? Yeah. Uh, uh, six. <laughs> like, as if that would be the number one answer. It's like, no, who's, like, pick an extreme. Pick zero or ten. Yeah. Or, like, one or ten. You know? Tell me a name that she calls you in the bedroom. Why is this a category? Why is this a category in a show called Family Feud? Why? Name me a name that your wife calls you in the bedroom that rhymes with banana. Ta-da! <laughs> Looks at the other one. What am I watching? Yeah, America's America's finest. Did I ever um, tell you about the one that I saw uh, where the question was uh, name one of Santa's reindeer? There were eight options, and one woman said Santa's little helper. There's only nine possible options and there's eight answers on the board there's only one wrong answer and she found a second one it's great uh yeah Uh, so yeah i like jeopardy more than that but i watch more family feud fair enough for the entertainment factor yeah for sure (laughs) all right uh on a serious note uh scary moment in the nhl last night yeah uh for those that didn't catch the boston ottawa game Scott Sabrin collided with uh, David Backus. Um, the helmets kind of clashed. Uh, it wasn't really a... Did they? It I didn't even like think it. they did, really. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I It looked like to me like their helmets just kind of banged incidentally. Maybe. And uh, Sabrin lost consciousness, you could tell right away. Immediately. And, yeah. Went, like immediately. Went down like a sack of potatoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, scary moment. Both teams came out from the benches uh, onto the ice. Um, I can't think of a time of a guy in the NHL, anyway, trying to throw a hit and knocking himself unconscious immediately. Like, I've never seen anything like that, I don't think. And that's kind of, to me, what made it so jarring, was it's just like, again, like, I, I don't, I've never seen anything like that. And, I mean, obviously it was... It, that, I think that added to what made it so scary is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is because... And, I mean, that 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 in and of itself is kind of annoying that we're desensitized to the point that, you know, but other guys getting knocked unconscious we've seen before. I mean, it, it never feels right. But I think that's what made it so scary last night was the idea that I don't think I've ever seen this happen to someone before. You yeah, know? I can't recall a situation where a guy had this happen to him it was definitely at least not that way you know definitely a kind of a more of a freak play mm-hmm. um from the video i saw you know there wasn't like a, a reaction from bacchus to try to like you know throw himself into no nope. counter hits nope. um it was just from all intent and purposes a uh it was going to be a very a routine play. hit yeah like, and uh, uh 
at, at most, Bacchus was, might have fallen down. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. Like, Bacchus just kind of absorbed it, went right into the boards. I just watched it here. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, the helmet's hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary, scary play, nonetheless. Yep. Um, not something you want to see. Something that you might never see again, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, like I said, like we both talked about how it's not a play we've ever seen. We can't really come up with something similar. Yeah. So it might just be, it just might go down as one of those freak plays at the end of the day that, you know, you couldn't do again if you tried. Mm-hmm. But uh, did happen. Did you see the after photo uh, that Mr. Sabra yep. posted? So, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I don't know why I should he went, take that uh, off my screen. He went down face first into the ice, yep. and obviously that was a, a big concern as well. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like he's got, uh, I believe they said it was an, an orbital, orbital, orbital bone. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough fucking word to say. Orbital bone. Orbital bone. <laughs> uh, fracture. And uh, I think he was released from hospital last I heard, so... Um, obviously all, all our best going to, uh, Scott Sabrin and with his recovery, he never liked to see it. No, no, I, I don't really think there's much to say on this. Um, but I just, I, I did want to lead with it this week because it, uh, well, I mean, cause it's unfortunate and we just kind of want to give our thoughts to Scott Sabrin as much as we've, uh, joked and, and yelled and ranted about him. You know, you don't want to see this happen to, uh, to any, any person or hockey player, uh, uh, any athlete, you know, it's, it's, you don't want to see anyone getting hurt playing the sport that they love. So, uh, it is unfortunate and I, I do wish him a speedy recovery because, uh, gotta tell you, man, I hear about this guy every few days. I feel like, I feel like he's really made his mark on the sends, whether, uh, for better or for worse with all this, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely, he's definitely made his impact and he, he's become, I think the player that he wanted to be this year. Yeah. So. And, and he's put himself, he, he's, in a situation, and I hate to say it, but he's in a situation where I don't think he has a lot in terms of job security. So any time missed, like this could really affect, you know, yeah. this guy's job moving forward. Yeah. You know, never mind. Yeah, it's tough for him. I think um, at the end of the day, he's just happy to be all right, right? But Definitely. Um, no, and, and that's the number one thing is, is your health. But mm-hmm. um, he was a guy that... I don't think many people saw him making the Senators at a training camp, and here he makes no. the Sens at a training camp, and he stuck with it through the first, you know, few weeks of the season. And um, but I, I again, I, I I think you know, despite the Sens not being that great, this is a guy that he's clearly battled his entire career to get where he is, mm-hmm. and um, you'd hate to see it come crumbling down just because of a freak play like this. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I hope that that's not the case. I hope there's a spot waiting for him when he comes back, and uh, we can continue the uh, the uh, Scott Sabrin 2019 newsreel of uh, uh, him being notable. You know, how it seems like every other week that you're talking about this guy for some reason, whether it, it's lighthearted or not. Uh, he's he's made an impact. So. Yep. Keep him coming. Yep. Um. All right. Let's let's. Lighten up a bit. Let's let's get uh, let's get some happy thoughts going. Let's oh, okay. Happy vibes. Cool. Um, uh, I didn't think we had many of those on this week's. Uh, report, well, but what 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 better a story than uh, the the plight of the the female hockey player? You know, they mm. they they stand up for themselves. They have this big boycott, mm-hmm. um, and it sounds maybe like the NHL wants to get involved. Yeah. Maybe uh, lend a ha- uh, helping hand, so to speak, to the. Uh, the women that do not have a league at the moment. 
Mm-hmm. Best of the best on the planet, some might say. Yeah. Is this something that should happen, needs to happen? Uh, can the women handle it on their own? Where do you come down on this? Um, it's a tough one. I mean, here's the thing. is This is one of those topics, um, you know, I have I have an opinion on. But I am willing to admit that in a lot of ways, I think this is something that I don't know that much about, I guess I'll say. Uh, in the sense that I don't know that I hate the fact of the NHL getting involved and, and taking a step to try to make this happen. I don't look at that as as bad a thing as I think other people did when it first got announced. Um... You know, there are a lot of people who are not thrilled that the NHL are getting involved with it. And to me, like, my my thought on it is, well, ideally someone's going to do it to the point that it's a sustainable league, right? So, to me, like, I, I, I don't know that the NHL isn't going to be able to do that. I think the NHL is going to find a way to make this marketable and sustainable um, because they're putting money into it, so they're going to want to get money back from it. Um I don't, I don't know, like, for, for all the things I complain about the NHL about, I don't think that they're completely incompetent enough that they can't pull this off. Um, but a lot of people seem to think they are, so I, I'm missing something, and, and I don't know what it is, and I'm willing to admit that. Um, what I will say is I, I have heard the idea floated around, um, is that some people wish that the women and the players would just kind of form their own board of governors and just kind of run their own league. And I am pretty much for that, as long as I have some outside impartial advisors. Um, but I, that might actually be a more efficient way of doing it, is to kind of just have a collective commissioner and things like that, and um, maybe have some lawyers and stuff involved that you can kind of consult about certain things. But I, I don't know, I don't hate that idea. My only thought on that is, you know, these women have enough things to do already. So I don't know if they have time to actually run the league that they play in, but maybe they do. Yeah, um, I, I commissioner I could, commissioner fucking Kendall Coin man, like whatever. I don't know if that's what you want to do. Go ahead. I I couldn't see them having the, you know, time to be able to do that type of no, um, you know, structure where they're taking care of their no, own. No, these fuck the the fucking NHL men's players act like they barely have time to give a fucking interview. Yeah, and you're asking the women to run the fucking league like you know it's not that easy. They'll do it if they had. That's to, what I mean. Is like, like they're they they're, cap- they're capable of it if it's a collective group doing it rather than like maybe ten idiots. If you have like you know a bunch of of the smarter women in there doing it, I'm sure they they know how to do it or you know what I mean could figure it out uh, with some guidance. As I'm saying from people who have maybe been there before, but I don't know. I don't know. The NWHL does still continue to this day. It is still in operation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big problem there, as as we talked about, is uh, the boycott. And just uh, a lot of the stars have decided that, you know, they'd rather sit out and not play mm-hmm. um, in hopes that something uh, more unified can come along and, and present an opportunity. Despite that, to its credit, uh, the NWHL does still, you know, continue. It, it's still trying to make something of itself and and uh i think there's a lot of credit that needs to go there because they could have they could have said you know the same thing as the cwhl said and shut things down and and uh, call it quits but they're trying to persevere i don't know exactly where the numbers lie but i from what i do know um it has never seemed to be a situation where 
Um, the women can make a living that's affordable off playing in the NWHL. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the number one priority here is, is finding a way to um, allow these women to have a career with the sport and not have to work a second job while playing the sport and, you know, not base their lives around, oh, where's my husband working mm-hmm. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where I think the NHL has the biggest ability to make a difference is um, it's financial, Yeah, you know, it, well, can, that, it can flex that muscle and that's say... That's the thing, right, is like, you know, I feel like, I mean, it's obviously a big deal. It doesn't, like, almost no amount of money really makes up for the fact. Christina Marlowe, for example, to have five kids and Patrick is not home for probably four months of the year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and when he is home, he's busy and, you know, he doesn't have a lot of time to really do dad things such as helping with errands and things like that. You know, I'm sure he can spend time with the kids. I'm sure he sees them. But that's kind of the whole point is, you know, when he's making $6 million a year, you can kind of, okay, you can kind of see the bigger picture, understand the fact that, you know, when Patrick's 40, or at this point, I may be 42, uh, he will retire and he will be home. A little bit more. Maybe he'll do other things in hockey, but he's making enough money to kind of justify the fact of him not being there. You know what I mean? He's providing yeah. a better life for the family. You know, if Kendall Coyne's not home with her family and she's making fucking eighty eighty thousand dollars a year, like that's that's good money. But I I don't know that eighty thousand dollars a year is enough to be away from your family for like two three weeks on end. Yeah. You know, like she's got a husband too. I'm sure she wants to have kids. I'm sure she wants to see those kids like just as much as Patrick Marlowe wants to see all 14 of his kids. So it's not going to be easy. And, and, but that's the problem is like, if they're not compensated, you're asking the women to do the same job for way less money, which I'm told is a thing that happens in not just hockey, believe it or not. So no, yeah, really? Apparently that's not good. Yeah. It's it's just stupid. It's still, and I like the problem with it is when you talk about the wage disparity in in professional hockey for women and men's. It's not. It's also going to be related to the markability of the league, right? Like uh, like as you were saying, you know, if the NHL can market this league and make it almost as big as the as the NHL and have sponsors and everything like that big enough, yeah, okay, maybe Kendall Coyne's making six million dollars a year to play hockey until that time. You know, it's not a men versus women thing. It's just a smaller league versus a bigger, like a way fucking bigger, you know, corporation at this point. Yeah. You know, you owned by the same thing, but you're talking about all of Nestle's subsidiaries. No, kind of for thing. sure. You know what like, I mean? Like uh, Patrick Marlowe is just as much a professional athlete as Kevin Durant is. Mm-hmm. One makes yeah, substantially it's the same, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right? It's got nothing to do about. You know, it's a yeah. female sport. It's going to make less money. How many asses are in the it's... seats and how much money are they spending while they're there? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, that, that's the bottom line. I don't see a situation where the NHL gets involved um, as a strictly financial, you know, beneficiary. No, no. So if they're, if they're coming to the table, they're, they're going to have something to say. Yeah. 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 Or at the very least, they're going to be, they're, they're going to have more than just their toes in the water. Yeah. You know, like they're going to get right in. Um, you know, they might be willing to. I think let it govern itself a little bit, but they're they're gonna have something to say because they're not gonna just be writing checks and here you go, yeah, you know, like have fun, go build your lemonade stand there, kid, yeah. and then you know, like they're gonna help because the build checks the lemonade wouldn't stand. be 
what they should be at that point either. Right. It's not going to be much right. of a, a, a difference maker, right? At that point, um, where do they, where do they play the women? Like let let's say tomorrow there is a league, there's a unified league, NHL governed or not. You can't like I I see I look at the WNBA as an, as like kind of a comparative in the sense that you know for the draw, um, okay. and some of those teams play in the same building as NBA teams. Yeah, and some of them play in buildings that are significantly smaller. Mm-hmm. Where does hockey fall into this? Well, do you 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 know did your Toronto female team play at the Scotiabank Arena when the Leafs aren't there? I mean, it's going to create a lot of scheduling conflicts to try and share a building with an NHL team, regardless. Um, so if you're able to bring in fifteen, eighteen thousand people, it's worth the conflict. It's worth scheduling around. I don't think it's worth it for a team to schedule their games around the Toronto Maple Leafs if they can only pack three to five thousand people into the rink. Um, so I think if you're getting if you're getting a big number, then it makes sense. Um, but say if you're in Toronto, you know you're playing at Rico mm-hmm. for sure, which is still big, fine. but yeah, it's, it's not. It's you know there's no point in having a facility where you know what I mean. You can fit eighteen thousand, but you're you're only expecting six or something sure. on a good night. Um, now I don't know, and now that, that'll change over time. Like I'm sure if the league's done the right way in ten years, you're going to have ten thousand people coming to these games, especially if your team's good. It's like the NHL too. You know, this isn't an insult to women's hockey or the women potential women's league. Like in the NHL, there are plenty of teams too that if they fucking suck, no one goes to the games. Mm-hmm. There are teams that even when they're good, no one goes to the fucking that's, games. Yeah, you know, that's also we're the gonna, we were going to um, talk about one of them. I scrapped that. No, I, sorry, I don't. Sorry, Panthers fans. I don't know the finer details of an NHL game day. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I, I know that, you know, puck drops probably at seven o'clock. Oh, you never sure. watch the day in the life of there yeah. when they do the, like the walkthrough never... castle be like, all right, so we're just uh, getting up to go to the morning skate there. So got my, just gonna, got my hot dog. Just going to run down and get a hot gonna... dog. And then I uh, just hop in the car. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Um, he couldn't get you here on time, Phil. Yeah. Good one, Randy. Good one. Um, and I know that there's like a you know a morning skate on game days and all this, but what about the idea of if if to say the NHL got involved and and the Toronto women's team um, was owned by Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, um, what about having the idea of like a women's game at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, and then you've got the Leaf game at that you know that night? Mm-hmm. You can almost make a whole day event out of it in downtown Toronto. Maybe say say you've got tickets to that Leaf game. Hey, yeah, you want to come watch the women? It'll cost you, you know, fifty bucks instead of a hundred bucks at regular because you got the leaf tickets. You sit in your seat. Yeah, you got the you got the seat all day. You can come and go as you please. Um, is there something there? Is is that an idea that maybe? Yeah, two's too late. But yeah, no, you, you is, can make it. Work. Is two too late for sure? Um, yeah, because I mean, if this game's gonna take two and a half hours and you gotta you gotta clean everything. Like people are gonna leave garbages behind. You got to sweep fucking eighteen thousand, nineteen thousand worth of seats after the game, which takes hours to do. You got to prep and rehearse all of your game promos and shit like that. You got to make sure all the mics are working between games because you never know, right? Like you got to make that? sure. Yep. Oh, okay. So yep. that's what I mean. I don't know the day to day. Yeah. If you if you go to the rink at uh, at at five at six o'clock, uh, they're they're doing all the, or like 5.30, they're doing all the player intros, 
and all that stuff. Like the the lights are dimmed. They're fucking pumping the horn. They're flashing the lights. They're like Andy Frost when he used to work for Leafs, be like number thirteen, Matt Sundin, and be like, yeah, you sound good, Andy. You know, like yeah, I've 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 been to the MTS Center. They don't open the doors there until six for a seven o'clock game, but sometimes you can catch them doing the tail end of the rehearsal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I I guess maybe it's not a perfect idea, but I, you know, no, but there's something work, there. Works hand there's in something hand. there. I'm just telling you, yeah. it's a couple hours early. You'd have to do a noon probably. Yeah, but. yeah. that's even that's fine. Mm-hmm. Get the morning skate out of the way. I'd, I'd go to two games in one day. Yeah, definitely. Nothing I love more than an afternoon fucking hockey game. Yeah, man. you go downtown. You're drinking at real sports there. You're fucking getting all pissed up. Back at the rink for the night game. Goalie skull. You're in the square. Maybe you're having a few drink with the boys in the square. Phil Castle's night with a hot dog. Boom! It's perfect world. Perfect game. Perfect day. Saturdays. Was that Riley or Jonesy? I have no idea. Oh, I just okay. started going with it. I was in a, in a moment there. Crushing Sandoz, buddy. Oh, yeah. Top shitter, half yeah. copper. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I Honestly, I, I, I have opinions on it, but the logistics of the NHL getting involved on it is not really something that I'm that in tune with. Um, but I think it's fine. At this point. I think we can all agree that we just want to see something happen. We want some closure. We'd like to see these women get into a league. Wherever it be, whoever runs it, that can pay them like they deserve. And, you know, make a make an actual competitive market out of the sport. Uh, one guy that's not playing hockey, Dustin Bufflin. Mm. And it's not because um, he's boycotting alongside the women that we know of. Um, it, it could, it could it, be. Who the hell we knows don't know. at this point. But he's having surgery. Or he, I should say he's had surgery. Yeah, he's had it. And um, so now there's more of a definitive timetable to when he could play hockey. Kind of. I don't know about you. Kind of. I, I find now the timeline is a little grayer in the sense that I've heard people say, well, now he might be back by Christmas. And I've heard other people say that the recovery is supposed to be up to four months. Yeah, I've only heard four months. So he's nowhere near coming back as far as I'm concerned. Right. And we have no idea but when a, it could be. a week ago, it was, it could be tomorrow. Yeah. And now we know... Well, no, I have heard possibly before Christmas, too. Like, I heard other oh, people really? say this isn't a long-term it's issue. Interesting. See, yeah, I, I haven't seen that opinion. But let's let's just, for argument's well, sake... Well, everyone has an opinion because there's no official announcement. So you can fucking report and report and report until the cows come home that this is what... Like, I could fucking go out there and report something. Dustin Bufflin's playing tomorrow. You know what I mean? Well, where'd you hear that? Well, I don't know. Like, you'll just have to wait and see. Because the Jets aren't going to confirm anything right now. They legally can't say anything because this is going to arbitration. Um, well, I guess you never you never actually said that. But yeah, this whole issue is going to go to uh, go to arbitration. Bufflin apparently went and privately had the surgery done. And now the, the issue is that, you know, the, the team could have paid for it. And now he might be... Seeking them to compensate him for having the surgery done, if it was done or if the injury happened while he was playing, which I would assume that it did because he missed half the season last year due to a lower body injury. So I'm assuming that's kind of what happened. What I'm a little curious on here is this: is a, if this is Bufflin being eccentric and and opinionated and wanting to do something his own way. Or if the Winnipeg Jets legitimately screwed him about something. Because this seems really weird for both of them. Like, Bufflin's very much I'm going to do what I want to do kind of thing. But 
he also doesn't seem like he cares enough to get into a legal battle about things with a team or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Winnipeg seems like the most upstanding, one of the, like, world-class, the way they treat their players' organization in the entire league. They give them all the resources that they have, which is not as many as other teams, but, you know. And I don't know. It's just like I, I'm curious to see what is actually going on here because I find it hard to believe that there's wrongdoing on either side because I love them both so much. Well, I, I don't <laughs> think anyone in their right mind can can sit down and look at the offseason that the Winnipeg Jets had and say, yeah, they probably didn't want or need Dustin Bufflin in their plans. Right. So to me it's it's pretty obvious as far as I'm concerned that – the Jets wanted him there to begin the year. Um, if they wanted him there to begin the year, um, I, I would expect them to do their due diligence about you know their own players and you know the state of their health um, mm-hmm. to the best of their ability. Yeah. So it is very strange to me that this is coming up all of a sudden. You know, yeah. Dustin Bufflin I think had a, a great opportunity um, uh, mid September to say, hey, you know what, I'm not healthy. I have an issue here. You guys knew about it. I got to get this fixed before I can think about playing hockey. Doesn't sound like that's what happened. Yeah. Well, it's possible the team doctors told him that it didn't need surgery, and that he went to get in a second opinion. They told him that it did need surgery, and he decided with that second opinion over the over the team doctors. Um, because at the end of the day, like unless Mark Chipman or Kevin Cheveldayoff are telling these team doctors to go and screw Dustin Bufflin. Like, no one in this organization has any idea. The team doctors are going to tell them what they tell them. And if they see it one way and other doctors see it another way, well, then so be it. That happens all the time in medicine. Um, but, I, I I don't know, I just, I find, I, I agree with you. Like, I find it hard to believe that this could be coming from the Jets' Higher-ups, mm. I think it might be a, a, like a disagreement with the medical staff. Because we, we've seen that happen tons of times, too. You know? Yeah. I uh, mean, like, it's a way smaller example, but the first one that comes to mind, it's like, do you remember years ago when Mikhail Grabowski had massive stomach problems? And over the summer, like, they were like, oh, no, you have, like, colitis. And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> and he went, like, back to the Ukraine after the season, and they're like, yeah, no, you... You don't have colitis, you have this, you just need to take pills. And he's like, yeah, that's that sounds way better, you know. Uh, just so everyone knows, don't go to Ukraine for medical advice. But, no? Well, I wouldn't. Well, unless you're Ukrainian, like him. Like, or uh, his, his, bir- his, yeah, his nationality is real ambiguous. Belarus or Ukraine or Germany, like all yeah. three are like on the record books. But anyway... Um. So I'll, I'll preface this to you then. That's Grabowski, not Bufflin. We know he's not. Yeah, for sure. From Both names Belarus, are kind of sure. Well, anyway, well, um, does him having the surgery give you a better idea about if he's going to play hockey or not? Because we've we've seen guys that if they're done playing the sport and something isn't right but you don't need surgery for it unless you're going to play the sport. You know what I mean? Like, they don't necessarily go that route and fix their bodies to, you know, be in game shape. Yeah. If they're not going to play the sport. I got to tell you, it goes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago. Um, You know, this guy loves hunting and fishing and being outdoors that much. It is possible that he thought, well, I kind of want to retire. I kind of want to be in good shape when I retire. I 
really don't want to pay for the surgery on my own. I'm going to see if I can get the fucking Winnipeg Jets to pay for it. It's possible. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but I'm saying that's possible. Now, to answer your question, does this, you know, does this actually lead me to believe that he's closer to playing hockey? Yeah. No, I, I do genuinely believe that he is doing things somewhat the right way here, and he does want to get back on the ice, and he does want to play one or two more years. Um, and that this was kind of more or less related to whether or not he's going to need this surgery, and maybe he decided after he was suspended, and that's kind of complicated the, you know, the the legal side of all this. Um, I, I, I don't really know for sure, um, but I'm going to answer your question by saying at the beginning of the year I thought he was playing this year, and I still do. Okay. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Dustin Bufflin will be suiting up tomorrow night for the Olympic Jets as they take on the, uh, I don't know, hmm. Nashville Predators. I'm going to see when their next game is, see how far off you were. <laughs> Winnipeg Jets' next game is Tuesday night against the New Jersey Devils. Oh, of so you No, not even a little bit, really. But. Well, it's tomorrow night, but it's just not against Nashville. Well, it's, okay. I thought you meant, like, Monday night. Yeah, I guess it's tomorrow night. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, They play the Stars on Sunday. That's a team from their division. I almost said the Stars. Yeah, sure you did. Um, I'm sure you did. Someone that uh, is probably uh, thinking about joining Dustin Bufflin for... uh, These segues. Some (laughs) rinkside mojitos. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh, God. You think they had the surgery by the same doctor? That was terrible. That was a fucking zero. We got a, we got a whole like medical section here uh, in the middle of the. No, it's all this. Here, it's right? all the. This is all off ice stuff. There's like one on ice, two on ice topics, and neither of them are particularly happy. This Bufflin's is an ankle, week. Vladdy's shoulder, Mark's. Mark. Mark. Well, we'll get there. His myro. Um, I don't even know. How oh to say yeah. That. Um, it's the medical edition. Of I the guess podcast. we could have done that back back with Buffalo and talk about the Jets. Well, whatever. That one's not going to take a while. Uh, yeah, Tarasenko's out for the for the Blues five months. Not good. Not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> not good. Um, like they're not they're not they're not toast or anything by any means. Um, but the Blues the Blues are deep. Like we saw that last year. The the Blues are definitely deep. But in terms of high end forwards, they are not deep. Uh, they have I would argue two. And they are now without one of them. So, it really falls on O'Reilly here now uh, to kind of keep this shit going. Perron's off to a good start, don't get me wrong. But, um, yeah, this is a big loss. And he really wasn't playing that all that well to begin with uh, in terms of production. But, you know, he was out there driving the play and, and doing a he's lot a, of... He's a guy you got to be aware of at all times. Yeah. And, and yeah. sometimes that's going to mean that he's just not as good as he is other nights because they're aware of him. And they're going to limit what he can do when he's on the ice. You know, if you've got, an, if you've got a smart team that you're playing against, they're going to know that Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be out there doing things. So just keep him quiet. Just you know, let him rest. Mm-hmm. Don't poke the bear. Um, and so, yeah, he's not playing that great, but I think that, I think that has a lot to do with the time of the season and the opponents they've, they've played well, against. Well, and he's not producing. I'm not saying he's not okay. playing that great. I, I actually... I'm looking it up right now, but I actually think he was having a really good like right possession and whatnot yeah yeah this is this is probably march at the soonest i would imagine for him um if he decides he's going to try to make a push for the playoffs 
if the Blues are in that position. If the Blues aren't, this this is probably the end of the season for them. You know, I don't I don't see why you rush back in yeah. late March, early April to play half a dozen games. No, no. Um, if your team's not making the playoffs, um, if they're if they're in the hunt, and we're talking about a bubble team here, I think he comes back. You know, somewhat early, maybe mid March. Uh, if they've got goes, locked uh, up, it's ride or die. Tarasenko's uh, uh, Corsi percentage through the ten games he played fifty three point one four. Uh, which is good enough for 167th in the NHL. So it's pretty, it's 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 well above average. Yeah, he's in the you know top percentile of the league for sure. Yeah, and I mean a lot of the guys like this is among all all players, right? So like you got a lot of guys that played one or two games that had a really good right. game that are yeah. at like fucking 58 percent or 80. But the guy leading the league is Nicolas Waugh. Who uh, eighty eight point two four percent in the nine minutes that he played for the Vegas Golden Knights so far this year? Uh, the Knights should think about putting him on the ice again. Yeah, I, I yeah. How, how come he didn't play again? What happened there? Anyway, um, yeah, no, the, the, it's not ideal. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk that the uh, the Blues are tied to Chris Kreider. That there's some discussion that that might be someone that they're targeting. I can already feel you being like, oh yeah, uh, here we go. I could get on board with that, yeah. You know, I mean, like, uh, this is a team that maybe should inquire and see what the Toronto Maple Leafs are saying about the 15 NHL forwards that they seem to have, you know, maybe trade for fucking one of them or something like that, <laughs> you know? But uh, give the Leafs, like, a fifth-round pick for fucking Jason Spezza or something. He's yours, take him. Fourth-round pick for Patan. Like, there you go. Sure. You know? Yeah. By the way, Nick Patan, fifth in the NHL in Corsi. Nick That's Nick, pretty fucked. Now in the American Hockey League, he got four points last night. So, yep. Alright, so join us next week when we talk about where Nick Patan got traded to this oh. last week. Oh, buddy, don't worry. We got a Toronto Maple Leaf rant uh, later in the show. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we won't be deprived um, this week. Well, I, at least we can say at the end of the day that the, the St. Louis Blues are no stranger to adversity. So. I'm sh- I'm sure that they'll yeah. be, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Here we are a year later, eh, having learned nothing. Are the Blues done? Well, here's my column. Why I, trade think, I think the St. Louis Blues are done, and this is why. Blip, 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 blip. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, to round out the uh, medical portion of the episode, <laughs> uh, Mark Latestu diagnosed with myocarditis. Did I say that right? Myocarditis. Myocarditis. Yeah. Uh, it is a virus that attacks the heart. Inflammation it, of the heart. It does yeah. not, uh, it, or it should not really affect his long-term health. Like uh, nothing's really in jeopardy here. But um, he pretty he, fucking scary. He needs to rest, and hockey is not considered rest. Um, no, I've played the sport. Yeah, not as a player or really as a fan either. <laughs> is it considered rest? Never, never went home thinking, oh, I feel very rested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, how am I supposed to get up and go to school tomorrow, was actually what I thought. Well, I think this is not just a dizzy spell I'm going through. This feels like something else. Yeah. Yeah, like, my teachers would wonder why I didn't come to school the day after a game, and it's like, well, I can barely walk. I got a fucking wood stick to my spine. I blocked four shots, none of which was anywhere I had padding. I slept, like, 30 minutes last night. Like, I... How come we weren't at school today? Well, I was up all night because I couldn't go to sleep. Oh, like, 
what are you, are you just not tired? No, I had a concussion. I couldn't go to sleep. I woke up. <laughs> I woke up at 5 a.m. in a cold sweat with the chills. Yeah. What? Well, were you sick? No, I was thinking about that power play goal while I was in the box. <laughs> had dreams about that. So it's probably best that Mark takes some time to rest. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, really tough break, though, for the guy. Um, not that... Not that he was having a particularly amazing season, but uh, Mark Letestu finally getting back into an NHL lineup after not really being in one for the past couple years. It looked like he was going to play quite a bit. Looked like one of the better signings for the Jets this summer because they don't really have a lot of guys, and Letestu is a guy that you can move literally anywhere in your lineup. Like he, sure. He's like a Matt Cullen light, in a way. Like He can just play any situation... Not as good as Matt Collin, but he's pretty damn good. Um, so, yeah, it's really unfortunate. I was excited to see him on the Jets, excited for the opportunity for him. but One more level of adversity that that team's going to have to go through this year as they try to find yeah. their way in the Central Division. One more level of adversity for Mark Letestu, too, who's had... Uh, oh, definitely. You know, just a guy who keeps clawing his way back every, every fucking year and every team he's with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. no, it's... Wish him the best. I hope oh, to see him uh, on exactly. the NHL ice again. Yeah. Um, doesn't sound like it'll be this year, but uh, he'll be a free agent in July, and hopefully someone will take a, a run at him. Staying in the Central Division, we've got the uh, Nashville Predators, uh, who finally got uh, around to extending yeah, the contract uh, of their captain. Yeah. Nine years. Yep. 72 and not quite a half million dollars. Yep. I said nine years. Uh, eight years. Eight years. I, I said nine. I think. Yeah. Eight, you, eight years. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I wasn't really listening. Yeah. I assumed. I heard. I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Roman Yossi, and I knew you were correct on that. So. Yeah, just over nine million dollars a year for a cap hit, and uh, this is not going to look too good in a few years. No. No. This is this is a uh, this is a really bad contract. But what I will say about it um, is that Roman Yossi has made. Uh, little known fact to a lot of hockey fans. I'm sure you don't look at this all the time. Uh, Roman Yossi has made no money in his NHL career. Kind of like Ryan Ellis. Just kind of kept, like, giving the Predators the Kevin LeBanc treatment. Being like, oh yeah, I'll give you, I'll, I'll sign this deal for sure. Like, Roman Yossi is making $4 million a year. dollars for all my songs? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Barry Gordy. Like, he was making $4 million a year to get 60 points and play, like, 25 minutes a night. They were getting unbelievable value from him. It's fair enough that you're going to throw some cash at the guy who kind of did you some favors over the years. At its worst, Yossi's going to be one of the more overpaid guys in in probably three years. Um, and it's probably not going to age that well. Uh, at its best, I mean, it's fine right now. If he keeps playing the way he is right now, it's worth it. You know, yeah, for, he's worth nine million dollars a year for sure. Like he, he is a Brent Burns esque defenseman that actually plays defense. You know, for for anyone that has a problem with his contract, just do yourselves a favor. Go to capfriendly.com, search up him and put Yossi. Take a look at his last contract mm-hmm. and his current contract, mm-hmm. and in your mind, just reverse them, and it makes sense. Yeah, because this is what he should have made his last contract. And what he made his last contract yeah. is probably what he should be making yeah, on his right. current contract. Yeah. And it's a fair value. It's a fair trade. Uh, it's going to last a little bit too long. It's going to cost a little bit too much. 
but you got seven years of Roman Yossi yeah. for $28 million. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want, Nashville? Right. Like, what? Well, who's sitting at home going, yeah, that's probably fair value? Uh, they don't care because, you know, David Poyle's not going to be there in fucking True. eight years. I'm talking about the fan, either, right? The, yeah. the Nashville fan. No, they've they got like, nothing to complain about. Exactly. This, guy, this guy's given it his all. At the end of the day, he might end up playing his whole career there. Uh, he's been your captain. He's been a good soldier. You know, kind of captain that you want. Like, he's not... Never does anything controversial. You know? He's a good good player, good captain. He deserves the money. Good for him. I agree. Yeah. Um, now, one, one argument I did see on Twitter, and I'm going to have to ask you, is there's a little bit of belief that this contract was one of the driving forces that caused the National Predators to move on from P.K. Subban. Hmm. If that is the case, which we you know can't really say if it is or isn't, but if that's the case, or if it, even if it's part of it, is it still a fair trade-off for what you're getting right now and for the next few years at a Roman Yossi? Well, I mean, the Predators look great. So, you know, I, I was pretty critical of them moving Subban. I, I really didn't think that that was the right player for them to move on from. Um, but they look great. So I can't really sit here and say that they made the wrong the wrong move and credit where credit is due because I I'm not sure that I would have moved Yossi over Subban, but I know I would have had an issue moving Subban to clear room for Duchesne was kinda where I where I had an issue with it. I would still, if I were them, keep Yossi over Subban. Um, I'm not saying that if I were any team, I'd rather have Yossi over Subban, though. But for Nashville, it's the right fit. They found a way to keep him. Um, looks like a big chunk of the money that they saved on Subban went to him. Um, they've got their captain for another, you know, seven years, uh, presumably. And uh, they still get Roman Yossi for the rest of this year at $4 million. So, hard to complain in uh, Tennessee at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, long yeah. overdue for for Roman. Well, yeah, no, good, good for him. And, and with that, I guess... Yeah, more like Roman Yossi, if you think about it. Yeah. Okay, so now here's one that kind of caught a little bit of fire last night on Twitter. Mm. Uh, The Calgary Flames Mm. um, were playing the... Have you heard about this? Montreal Canadiens? I don't fucking know. No, it wasn't Montreal. They played Dallas. Dallas? No, Montreal played Dallas. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I can't remember who the... Columbus? Yeah, they were playing Columbus. No... No. Yeah, Sherwood, because it was Cole Sherwood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Flames uh, were playing the Blue Jackets last night. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, Milan Lucic is going to serve two games for, I don't even know what the actual call was. Uh, was it roughing? Uh, two games for roughing. That's That was the destination? Well, he got four minutes for roughing, so I guess he technically gets two games for roughing. Hmm. If we're looking to attach a call to it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the Cole Sherwood of the Blue Jackets comes down and on uh, Dev Riddick gets a shot off, uh, follows a shot to the net, uh, gives a little whack. Lucic takes exception, um, gets a glove in the face, pretty pretty rough and tough. Uh, Sherwood goes down, uh, and uh, Lucic is now forced to sit up the next two games, no pay. Did you see the play? Yeah, I'm going to watch it again here if this ever fucking loads. Here we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. What was your first uh, reaction to it when uh, when you saw it pop up? Uh, that he should get suspended for two games. Okay. Yeah. 
Now let's 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 take this in a bit of a hypothetical conversation. Mm. Cole Sherwood comes down mm-hmm. and gets a shot off, mm-hmm. and he follows his shot, and he gives a little whack after the shot, and he gets attacked by Lucic and goes down, and Lucic gets two games. But David Riddick has a broken hand. Okay. That doesn't condone what Lucic does. No, because Sherwood's tap was no harder than 99% of the taps that goalies ever get. So, I mean, but like, should you know goalies I mean? getting, be getting tapped is, I, I guess, part of the conversation? I have no problem with it. I mean, like, I, I, I do and I don't. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it condone. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't condone to the level that he took it to. Yeah. But there's something to be said about standing up for your goaltender and protecting your goaltender. Because I can tell you that 90% of the teams in this league, if their goaltender goes down with a broken hand or a bruised wrist, for that matter, yeah. they're probably, you know, facing a, a season in jeopardy. Well, sure, but I, I, I don't I've, I don't really see it very often anymore where after the whistle, a goalie gets tapped and then a guy comes and sucker punches a dude in the face. That's the issue. Like, this isn't an appropriate response. If you want to come in and, and respond to him come in and do what every other player does nowadays is grab your stick and push him out of the net and behind the net and start fucking flapping your mouth and if you want to fight him then tell him let's fucking go then if you like deal with it that way you don't attack a guy and ambush him like that i i don't like the way he did it i i understand that this is closer to what we used to do 10 15 years ago but i think we are willing to it like as a as a hockey community, most of us, at least of our generation, are willing to admit that that is uh, caveman shit, and we don't need to be doing that kind of stuff anymore because it uh, makes no sense. So, to me, uh, he took it way too far, mm-hmm. and um, I understand why he's upset because I, you know, like you played with me going back to the old hockey story days here. Like I would have been the first guy in, like Lucic. I, I, I can't imagine that at any point I would have fucking suckered a dude like that, though. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, and that's fair. I, I, I agree. Uh, definitely. You've seen me get suckered. You've seen True. this happen to me. I've yeah. been Cole Sherwood. I've never been the Milan Lucic in it. Yeah. No, definitely taken too far. Uh, I, I was just kind of curious where you where you fell on the the play leading up to it. You know, there, well, there is there's a cause and there's a reaction, and I was curious about the cause. And uh, the reaction, obviously, is is not acceptable. There's no place for it in the sport. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I look at it, and I didn't as, as someone that didn't watch the game. I can't sit here and say that you know that was the first instance of it all night. But I'll give you my full synopsis on it. He had his glove on. It's not like he took his glove off and bare knuckled and fucking hit him. So there's some padding there. Mm-hmm. So it's one game. But at this stage in Milan Lucic's career, it's two games. Sure. Okay. That's how I saw no, it. I fair. thought it was one game, yeah, um, or maybe a, a heavy fine. Um, but I think Lucic does this. Uh, Marshawn does this. I wouldn't even put Wilson in the same boat because I think he's in his own category now. Like Wilson should get should get five if he ever does this, but Lucic should get two. Okay, yeah, that's fair. No, no I, was just... I like Milan Lucic. I just I don't like the play. Yeah. I, I, I I think there's a way for him to be effective and be this, this new age enforcer um, without doing this kind of stupid shit, though. You know? That's right. I don't know if you really taught Cole Sherwood a fucking lesson here or anything like that. If I'm Cole Sherwood, I'm going to the fucking net the same fucking way. 
And you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to cross-check me from behind into the boards next time we play, and you're going to get suspended forever? All right. I don't know. We'll see you next year when our teams play again. Well, yeah, I guess so. I, I don't I don't know if I agree with... I don't know if this intimidates Sherwood is what I'm saying. That's fine. I, I wonder if it shouldn't, I guess is what I'm saying. You think it should? I hope it does. Well, and Lucci should get a lot more than two games, because I think that's the whole point of this shouldn't be a threat of what's coming again. You know, the suspension well, should be don't do this again. Right. You should be learning from this shit. So that's kind of my other point. No, I I agree. I'm 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 just talking more to the point about the you know, the the play that Sherwood made is all because Yeah, I wouldn't love it if my goalie's hand got broken on that kind of shit. Exactly. But I, I I don't know. I think if what Cole Sherwood did broke the goalie's hand, that we need to have a Frank conversation about the goaltending equipment more well, than we need to have. Well, I don't know if you can say that the play. because we all saw what happened to Sidney Crosby's finger. Well, uh, true. You know, things happen. It was a like, pretty big hack, though. That wasn't Sherwood didn't do the Mark Mathot hack. Here. Uh, it was no. Well, sorry, the Sidney Crosby hack. To yeah, never bigger, no bigger a hack than I think is is average in the, in in the game. I don't know. The Mark Mathot. Did, this didn't look like a hack to me. It looked like a poke. Well, that's a thing. I guess so. Regardless, you know, I, I you, just, like like I've gone in on the again going back to my selling hockey story. Sure. Says, you poke under the glove. I never went in and poked on top of the goalie's glove. I'm not trying to break the goalie's hand. I'm trying to push the puck out from underneath his glove. Because uh, news alert: I've done it many times. If you poke, if you get under, like their glove doesn't cover the ground. Mm-hmm. There's a hole underneath that fucking glove. You can poke the puck out and into the net. I yeah. did it like three or four times. I don't think any of the goals counted. But they should have, because the goalie clearly didn't have the puck covered that well. No, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I have a, a different view on on that. Uh, that, that the goalies once they've got it, they there's no need to go and touch them after, at that point. Uh, uh, puck is clearly not going to be going anywhere. Even if it does, I don't think any ref is going to let that. Well, yeah, you, play you go. stand there. I mean, you, like going sure, and standing sure, there, waiting for sure. them to move it. Like you can't argue against that. Um, but I, I, because, like, I, I think, like, if if you want to really break it down, like, call the slash the slash. Like, you know, it's it is what it is. Like, sure. there's there's no there's no real wiggle room in, in the rule book there. So, I I definitely again just want to stress the the Lucic thing way too far over the line, but. I am someone that would like to see a crackdown on on the type of Cole Sherwood plays where we've got contact with our goalies when there's no need for contact with our okay. goalies. So yeah, but I think I think it's to scale. Like I think if that if we're gonna take that more seriously, then this shit needs to be definitely. I, I like I I still think the suspensions have been way too light the past few years. I'm loving that they're doing more of them, um, and they're actually down right now compared to most. Oh years. yeah, no, yeah. but. I, there has been a little bit less of this archaic kind of stuff, but I just, I think that, I don't know. I, I, I think that Wilson's should have been way more serious last year. We went on and on and on about that on the podcast last year. You know, this one, like this should be way more. I'm just saying like by the NHL's logic, one game plus it's Luch each, so sure. an extra game. Yeah. I don't know if this is me, like 10 games, get rid of this shit. Definitely. What the fuck oh, do we yeah. need this for? Oh, yeah. Like who? Who are you? You're telling me that enough people still. Well, I know you're not telling me, but I'm, other people are telling me that people still watch a game to see this shit. Guess what? A lot of those people not not gonna be watching as much hockey in ten, fifteen years. I gotta tell you, I really gotta tell you. 
And if these are the types of fans that we need, let's let, let's get rid of them. When I was listening to Puck Soup, and Ryan Lambert absolutely went off about Brian McGratton and called the people in the fans chanting at that Colby Colby Cave knocking the guy out last week, uh, chanting. He called them hooting chuds. I died laughing for ten minutes because that's the perfect way to describe it. We don't need these fucking hooting chuds around the NHL anymore. Like, let's move on. Let's get to this skill game because this is way more marketable. The, the not this shit. The fucking but the, you know, Svechnikov's goal the other night. Then Kachuk scores the between the legs the next night, and like that's what's going to market the game. It's not Lucic going and suckering some kid that plays eight minutes a night. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, his first game of the year as well. Third of his career. And he's got to put up with uh, Milan Lucic tackling him behind the net. Yeah. So, um, Great guy. Yeah. Clean it clean it up and let's let's get on with a, a cleaner sport. Yeah. And you know what? Like, If 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 this podcast becomes uh, something where we're talking about the freak plays of uh, you know, Scott Sabrin hitting his head against David Backus instead of David Backus taking off Scott Sabrin's head... Uh, it'll be a happier podcast all around, I think. So, okay, um, that's that's the kind of accidents that we'd like to talk about here, and and, and not these attacks. Well, I don't want to talk about that. Well, you, that's horrible. If, if you have to, if you have to, I don't want to. I prefer nobody just got. Hurt. <laughs> I prefer nobody got hurt playing this sport well, anymore. But put like like in that bubble wrap. I mean, like you know, yeah. You fucking fall into the boards and break your ankle. Like, I don't really, I don't know how we're going to prevent that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, right. what are you, what are we going to do? Not a lot of sympathy there. No. Well, like, you there, wanna block there is, but it's like, you know. You want to block a char is... shot with your face? Well, yeah. Wear a cage. That's what I'm getting at, yeah. right? Like, I'm getting at that kind of stuff. Yeah, exa- if, exactly. If you want to wear a visor and you get all your jibs knocked out, okay. You knew that going into this. That that's a there possibility. There was an alternative. Yeah. Yeah. You can wear a cage. Yeah, you're going to get chirped. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Uh, William Nylander. Hmm. Didn't see a lot of ice in the Leaf game last night in the third period. So I'm told. i got to tell you, man. Uh, I know I write about the Leafs. First Leaf game all year. I had the opportunity to watch it. Turned it off after first period. Didn't care. Was that annoyed after the first. And they were the better team in the first. Still pissed. Sure, man. Still didn't love I, it. I didn't, I didn't see the first two uh, periods. So. I've had enough. Um, had enough. Had enough of this fucking team, man. I gotta tell you. Alright. I'm really done with this. And I, I think I'm finally... I think I'm ready to say it, man. I think... I think I'm fucking pretty much done with Mike Babcock right now. Wow. I, I think I'm done. I think I am. I don't, I don't like... I don't... I don't like the way this roster is getting used. And I, I'm, I'm not really buying the he's smarter than me argument anymore about this. I don't think he understands how to use these players. I, I, I just don't get it anymore. Like, Nylander had one of, I mean, I looked at I looked at the numbers, but Nylander had an average night, by all accounts, for him. He's still one of the better players on the team last night. He's still, zone entries are still good, not as many as normal. Like, there are a lot of nights this year, and the tail end of last year, I gotta tell you. Uh, where he is like the only guy that can bring the fucking puck over the blue line and like maintain possession with it on the Toronto Maple Leafs Mm. regularly. Sure. Now it's not to say that he's like the only good in, in a group of bad. It's like everyone else does it 
a decent amount, or a lot of them do it a decent amount. He does it, like, every fucking time. He gives away the puck, like, once out of every ten fucking times he carries it over the blue line. That's, like, none. That's Mm. essentially none. Marner? Opposite. Marner coughs it up a lot. Because he's trying to, you know, he's trying to make the right play, they say all the time. He's trying to make the better play, you know? Like, Mm. you're not. You're, you're, You're coughing a puck up a lot of the time. Which is fine. Like, it's fine if you want to be creative. I'm willing to deal with that. I'm just saying... It's ridiculous to me when the issue is getting the puck in and getting scoring chances and you're benching right now the only guy that actually fucking generates scoring chances on the entire fucking team. Number two is Freddie Goche. He's not that good. Like, that shouldn't be. Matthews is off, but he's playing with Nylander, so he's there. He's still contributing. He's got, like, 11 goals. Like, he's still doing good. Janssen's look good beside them. That's the only line that looks good every shift, every night. And then you got these other guys who look good every once in a while and do little things. Like Kapanen's good defensively. Yeah, well, you're losing 2-1. What the fuck do you need defense for right now? You're benching Nylander. The game's tied 3-3, so you're going to bench Nylander. No, you need another goal. You don't need to... Like, you need to prevent a goal, sure, but that other goal against also doesn't matter if you have another goal. So get that other goal. And he, he, he coaches the way that I think I coached when I was younger, which is like, you don't want to put people out there that are going to cost you an, like a negative play. You know what I mean? You want neutral more than negative. And he puts out guys that just don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't drive the play or anything like that either. Like, Kapanen doesn't make a lot of mistakes. That's what I like about him. You know, other than the stupid shit earlier in the year, but like, He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, a lot of negative plays. He doesn't create any offense. Like, like essentially none. One or two plays a night. And he's been better lately. Like, he's creating a little bit more. Yeah, he's creating a little bit more right now. That's good. But on an average, uh, he's there because he's a good defensive forward that can, you know, forecheck and shit. Yeah. But, you know, he's Zach Hyman, but a better skater and not as skilled offensively. Sure. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said there. Like, you, uh, I think there's no denying Nylander's ability to carry the puck in. His possession numbers are really good. Uh, the line he's playing on is driving most of the offense. Um, and I, I also, despite what a lot of Leafs Twitter will tell me, I believe that Mike Babcock is not a, you know, mentally limited human being who doesn't have the ability to right. make conscious thoughts. Yeah. And he actually probably knows a thing or two mm-hmm. i would have to imagine he's being paid to you know work in a position that very few people get as the far as i know he puts in more time and effort sure but i'm questioning his methods at this point is is what so, i'm just getting at it's all so fun. so where i'm leading to here is that because of these factors and the obvious to at least us play that nylander delivers night in and night out Mm -hmm. is it possible because we we don't live in the dressing room we don't have access to the behind the scenes we don't have access to the conversations is it possible that mitch marner's dj and cody uh, fraser's wedding in two years there's a real good chance they're going to be around (laughs) that team in a couple years um (laughs) fair 
is it possible that for one night when I go to Toronto, this is a reaction to the person William Nylander more than it is the person like the player William Nylander? Does does William Nylander need the benching more than a Mitch Marner because of see, his mental? That that's what I that's what I wonder is if there's something I don't know because I don't see it. Um, I don't know, man. Like uh, I I gotta tell you, I don't see a lot of players on the Leafs that I think, yeah, they would benefit mentally from just getting sit the fuck down. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that there is a lot of that, but I don't know them personally to know for sure. I just, I can't see that being the right answer for Neilander, but maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's a completely different person uh, when you're talking to him with his back to you while he's sitting on the bench um, than he is when he's got a bunch of cameras in his face. Because um, you, so. you could you could tell me tomorrow that William Nylander is, you know, the cockiest guy in the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I'd probably believe you. Like I, I think there's enough to support that maybe he's a, got a cocky personality. Cockiest guy on the show. You know who honestly gives me that vibe, and I'm not even saying this. I just like the way he is in interviews. I'm not saying this because I don't like him, but I genuinely believe it's probably Cody Cece. He just <laughs> seems like he's always like fuck. Well, it's probably Tyson Berry actually. But yeah, in true. a good way, in a good way, yeah. like in a way where it's like, what do you say anything back to the fucking guy? You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's just funnier than you. So. Yeah. No, I, I just, I don't wonder if, if Nylander's sitting there going, yeah, I play with Austin Matthews. He's second in the league in scoring. You're going to bench me. I don't think so, Mike. Mm-hmm. You know? And then Mike says, yeah, actually I'm going to bench you. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I, I don't know. I, because I, you're right. You look at the games, you watch it and you're going, why is he not out there? Mm-hmm. Like what, what? What are you doing? And that's the I, only thing I can come up with that doesn't keep me from snapping at the end of the night. I don't know if the numbers support this. This is just an eye test observation on this one too. But like, I don't find Matthews nearly as effective with Marner as he is with Nylander. Like, I didn't even find it close. But maybe that's just me. Um, yeah. I found it neutralized them both, and it was a waste of two fucking good players that just. Now, not to say they'll never work together, but I'm going to say it this like this way right yeah. now, is you're wasting time on guys that can't play together. They had, now, maybe they, they build the moments, chemistry. But well, you're right. Of course, they yeah. should. Any, like, you know what I mean? You should be able to fucking you watch, stick any two good players together, and they should be able to get scoring chances. You watch on the power play, and, you know... Oh, sure. You're, you're working with the Different best animal. guys on the team, right? Different animal, yeah. And they find each other well there, but uh, you're right, it's... Power play is easier, though. You can just be like... When I do this, do this. When I do this, do that. Like mm. because that scenario is going to happen more because you can control the play. Yeah. Five on five, you can't control it as much. Got to read it more. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I agree. I think at the end of the day, it's 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 John and Mitch, and it's it's Austin and Willie, and that's I think that's what you want. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that a benching in November is the answer to you know a, a win in April. We'll have to wait. We'll mm-hmm. have to see. Um, because maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, to me, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know what I'm like. I must be missing a ton of the game when I watch the game. Cause it's like, to me, he wins more puck battles than most of their forwards. He, he still is decent positionally defensively, but that would be his biggest knock. Yeah. And it's not really a big issue because he's a winger most of the time. Like, I don't know. He he's hard on the forecheck. Like I don't I don't I'm missing what is wrong with him. 
Yeah. I don't get it. But to me, I think he's been, by and large, their best player this year. To me, it's not even fucking close. The number two, it might be Freddie fucking Goche. Honestly, five on five, Makayev. Matthew's been good, but he's been bad defensively. So it's like, well, you know. Yeah. I would say bad. No, don't sleep on Justin Hall yet. He's uh, making a Justin Hall's been good. Yeah. Justin Hall's been good, but, you know. It's hard when you only get out there eight minutes a night. That's another fucking problem. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to put him with Morgan Riley for the morning skate to make Leafs Twitter happy, and then we're going to roll him back out there with fucking whoever's partner is there, Neil Pionk. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to... uh, I'm probably in the minority. I'm willing to give the, the, the Mike Babcock treatment at least until... We can sit back and say the whole roster's been out there for a couple games. I'm not I'm not at the point here, like, let me clarify my rant. I'm not at the point where I'm saying fire Mike Babcock, but I am at the point now where I, I, I think it wouldn't be necessarily the wrong move. Who's out there? Is it I don't know, man. I, I think just go with Sheldon Keefe, man. Is it Dave Haxtell? No. Oh my god, no. <laughs> Fuck David ha- Dave Haxtell! Dave Haxtell... Is Mike Babcock without the systems? They'd just be dumping the puck in. And Mason Marchman be playing fifteen minutes a night. I'm not down. He, Fuck that. Uh, he does know a good Philly cheesesteak, though. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm told. I'm told. That's say there's a there's a value there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I don't know. It's probably Keith. I guess without wanting to disrupt the Marlies season, it's. I'm not saying they should fire him. I know. I'm just I saying. Know what I, you're saying. I am at the point. I I. I'm at the point where I I haven't been this annoyed watching the Leafs since Randy Carlisle was the coach. Well, Peter Horacek, I guess, but... Yeah, that's, yeah. don't sleep on the Horacek. Actually, era. that... The, but they were more organized, at least, then. They just... Then they couldn't fucking figure out how to win. Uh, okay. Score? Uh, well, they didn't, they didn't want to score. They were more organized. Anytime someone least. scored, they yeah, got Yeah, that traded. was the issue, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What, you had two goals tonight? That's it. You're off to Washington for a fourth-round pick. Okay. Nice. Daniel Winnick. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I guess we'll I guess we'll see. It, it definitely does seem that Mike Babcock's seat's getting pretty hot. Um, we're not, not too sure how much longer he may be for this world. Uh, two bands, though, that were previously thought to not be for this world. No? Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know where you were going with that. That wasn't oh. bad. No, oh, okay. No, no, it's two, okay. Two, well, they they were were once thought to not be of this world anymore, yeah. and, and now they're back. No, it was one of your better segues. Thank you, thank you. I was, no, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I thought I missed something there. You no, I just no. I, I thought I missed something there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know where that was headed. One of us should probably know what's going on. Yeah, I haven't really um, looked at the breakdown since our first topic. So, uh, a couple bands back in the news. Yeah, back in the back in the oh, way, back in the swing. Great week. It's oh, it's fantastic. I had a great week. I mean, Halloween. I was I was sick as fuck over the week. Like, I think you can still kind of hear it, my voice here, but um, yeah, like I, you know, I wasn't feeling that great. And then on Halloween, I found out My Chemical Romance getting back together, which is the band that I've been waiting to get back. I check Twitter. I shit you not. I type in My Chemical yes. Romance in the search bar once a month. Oh yeah, to just to maybe I'll miss it. They or were maybe top, I'll miss it one day. They were top of my bucket list when they broke up. And yeah. I was like, well, they can't be there if they're not a band. Yeah. So, I think they're back at the top of the bucket list. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, Danger Danger Days, True Lives, Fabulous Killjoys, uh, my favorite album of all time. Um, real big on the Black Parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love, I do, fuck, what is, what is that 
album that came before it though what's it called uh, three, three cheers three, for three cheers revenge. for yeah uh that's a great album too mm-hmm. so i'm very happy yeah. I, i'm into this that Good last day. song that they released you remember that like unreleased fake your death song that yeah. they released a few years ago love it yeah didn't know about it till like a year ago love oh, wow. it yeah love it no. oh i love that song yeah so i'm real down for this i'm a big fan of gerard way and the boys and i'm very excited for it uh and then friday um um I don't know how to really describe my relationship with Rage Against the Machine. Like, I absolutely love them, but I feel like that doesn't do them justice. I, I've listened to a lot of Rage Against the Machine over the years, put it that way. I think they want you to hate them. They were a big musical influence of mine, too. Like, I I just find their... I, I could listen to their same song 150 times and find something new about it. And that's what I like about music, is something that kind of... It's just interesting, and they are just a fucking fascinating band from top to bottom. If you don't know anything about Rage Against the Machine, uh, and you are a liberal-minded person, you should check them out. Uh, If you are not a liberal-minded person, you will not care for them, but uh, they are real fucking good. They are. Yeah. Um... They, uh... I can't remember where, but they showed up and played a show on the street one time, and they were all naked. Uh, They did that one time. Um... One time they played a show on the BBC and uh, it was supposed to be censored and they had asked them to just get rid of all the lyric in the song that, uh, you know, just self-censor and then uh, three quarters of the way through the song they just started, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And, uh, you know, I, you know, killing in the name pretty, of... Pretty much exactly where, you know, that song is for. Is, yeah. You know, not that doing part. what you're told. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so yeah, no, Rage Against Machine, like, yeah, no, we'll play by the rules for yeah. sure. No. We love playing by the rules. No, you, you read the lyrics, right? You, yeah. you see what we're about? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, we'll play by the rules. Yeah, sure. like, they've all been arrested multiple times for, like, protesting and shit like that. And, like, and they've all been super badass waiters. Yeah. Like, I just, I love these guys. I think they have the ultimate... Uh, I, I give a fuck, but I also don't give a fuck kind of mentality. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was... So I'm excited it, to... I'd love more of their music. I would love to hear it. It's, it's I guess, with a bit of a, a solemn uh, heart that we, we get Rage Against the Machine back. Because Audio Slave was supposed to get back together. Mm. Um, and when Chris Cornell par- par- passed away, um, uh, that obviously meant the end of that project. See, now and... the band, like... Um, like, uh, oh, fuck. Tom Morello, Brad Falk, and Tim Comerford. I think that's the other guy, Brad Falk. Um, like, those three guys were in a band called Prophets of Rage, too. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it was like yeah. the, the two guys from Cypress Hill were with them, uh, which was cool as fuck, too. But it was essentially, like, the music was... Rage Against the Machine, but just without Zach Delarocca, and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, man. I really miss you know Zach, though, man. Like, I, I love these. Like, I did love it, but it was like the whole time you're like, man, like I can't even enjoy this because it's like, I really miss Zach, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so I don't He's know. He's back. They're both back, and uh, yeah. I think I think or I think the musical world is better for it. I'm down. So. I'm down. Uh, yeah, no, I want. I wanted to talk about that because I'm really excited for it. Uh, the My Chemical Romance reunion concert, too, by the way, is on my birthday. Uh, so if you're down to head to Did you LA, get no, you didn't, because they sold out in four hours. Mm. Hmm. But with SeatGeek, no, <laughs> um, no. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk to you about you know uh, to end it off here on a non hockey related note. 
is I wanted to get your knowledge of the current state of certain bands. And I wanted to see if you know whether or not certain bands are still active. Because you know how bands just kind of disappear? Like, everyone knew Rage Against the Machine was broken up. And, you know, but some of these bands, you know, they kind of fade into obscurity and we don't hear from them for a while. And then it's like, you know, I wonder if that band's still kicking. I try to keep up on this. Sure. But, okay. Okay, so I I have ten bands here. And I want you to tell me if this band is still actively together or not. Are they they raging or are they romancing, you might say? Hmm. Well, both those bands are back together, so... No, like, you're raging, you're fighting your, your buddies in the Oh, band, okay. You're, you're romancing, you're still right. loving each other. Are they, basically, your question, uh, are they like Oasis from 1995 or from 2019? So, yeah, Oasis is not one of them, because we definitely know that's a very public uh, situation. But, yeah, I'm going to ask you about some bands that I hadn't heard about in a while. I did some research, and I'm like, you know, I wonder if these guys are still together. And, uh, some of them are. And some of them aren't. Okay. So, there is at least one no, I'm going to tell you, and one yes. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That narrows it down to yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the first band, James. Uh, uh, one of our uh, our uh, punk emo bands that everyone could get behind, and by that I mean just the one song that they released in, like, 2005, is the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus still together. Yeah, I don't think I ever listened to these guys, to be honest with you. But you know the song Face Down? Probably not. Nah, you would know it. Okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go with yes. They are. Uh, they just released a cover of the song Land Down Under by Minute Wick uh, <laughs> last year. <laughs> and they are, they are working on new music. So you All are right. one for one. Uh, I'm going to say you need to go seven for ten, by the way. Sure. Because uh, I do, I I mean, there's only two options for these questions, so it'd be Thank pretty you. easy for you to fluke your fucking way into it. Number two, Harvey Danger. Is Harvey Danger still together from... F- I don't know who that is. Flagpole Sitta? I'm not sick, but I'm not well. No. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. Nah, it's not ringing any bells for me, I'm uh, sorry. I guess I'll play it for you, because there's, there's no way that you've never heard this song. I don't think you could make it through your life as a person who listens to, like, rock and whatnot and not heard this song. Okay. There's just no way. got a big chorus. I'm no? hoping. Nothing? <laughs> Nothing. Alright. <laughs> when did the song come out? Mm, 95, maybe? I mean, a little before your time. Yeah, I don't know what the hell this is. This song? No. 97. Okay, I'm going to say they're not together anymore. Uh, Harvey Danger uh, has gotten back together three times since their initial breakup, but they are not currently together. They have not been together since 2009. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're a two for two. Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm throwing names out there that you would recognize, but maybe not. 
Uh, have you ever heard of REO Speedwagon? I have. Are they together or not? Oh, gosh. I don't think so. They are. Oh, wow. uh, REO Speedwagon toured in 2018, and another one is expected for 2020. Oh, good for them. Mm-hmm. Two for three. Uh, number four, uh, have you ever heard of the, uh, have you ever, now I know you've heard of the sleep pattern rapid eye movement, but have you ever heard the band that's named after them? Uh, it's usually stylized as R.E.M. 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 Is I... R.E.M. still together? Shiny happy people? Yeah, I, I hope Losing they're, my religion? I, I hope they're not. <laughs> you don't like them? No. You don't like Michael Stipe? No. Yeah. Uh, they are, um... Not together. <laughs> uh, they broke up in 2011 and have not reunited. Uh, no real plans to reunite as far as I can tell. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. Three for four. Uh, have you ever heard of Color Me Bad? No. Alright. Well, I had an alternate one for that one because I didn't know if you'd ever heard of them because they're more like an R&B uh, group. So don't worry about Color Me Bad. Um, they'll be the tiebreaker if we need, but uh, okay. we don't need a tiebreaker, I guess. Uh, is Stained still together? Ever heard of Stained? I have. Yeah. Um, what I the have... hell was the song called? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, I'll go with yeah. I think I think I saw them on a poster recently. Uh, Stained played an acoustic show in 2017, which was their first show in, I believe, six years. And everyone thought they were getting back together. And it turned out uh, that Aaron Lewis and the band were just in the area and decided to play one show for a charity golf tournament. They are not together. Cool. So you are... Three for five, then. Nice. Yes. Uh, number six. Sebastian Bach and Skid Row. Is Skid Row Okay, now what's your together? question? Is, 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 is the band still together with Sebastian Bach? Or is the band still performing? Is the band still together in its original inception? Uh, well, sorry. With the founding member, well... Yeah, we'll say with Sebastian Bach. No. Uh, they are not. However, they are touring currently. So I'll, I'll give you the mark on that one. I'll give it for you. All right. Uh, four for six. Cool. Yeah. Uh, number seven. The band Yes is Yes still together. Owner of a lonely heart. Yes or no for Yes. Wow. Um, Owner of a lonely heart, much better than... (laughs) (laughs) The scene scene in the breakup with John Michael Higgins. (laughs) That's what he's singing, right? His Owner of a Lonely Heart. I don't recall. You know what I'm talking about, though, eh? I vaguely. Oh, yeah, there's the scene. Yeah, is, is Yes still together? Great film. I I don't think yes is still together. Even that doesn't do it. That doesn't do it because that's just one person. Um, and what I'm yes about released a new uh, okay. EP last week. You're four for seven while we enjoy the the sultry sounds of John Michael Higgins. Come, come, that's Gary. Come, come with the kick drum, come. Come, come with the kick drum, Gary. On the kick drum, come, come. 
I feel like we talked about this on the top ten Vince Vaughn movies. With the kick drum, I don't come. I'm just not really the kick drum kind of guy. I'd rather be just a listener and enjoy all the things that he's doing. You know, Not really the kick drum kind of guy. I gotta talk to Brooke about something. It's called the baseline. Excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Great band. You're four for seven. Great. Jethro Tull. Is Jethro Tull still together? Is Jethro Tull still alive? Yes. <laughs> I um, I almost threw the Grateful Dead in here just to make you laugh. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Jethro Tull is not together still. Uh, Jethro Tull released a 50 for 50 greatest hits album last year with new music on it. Uh... And a tour is rumored. They are still together. It's four for eight. I guess I lost. Though. You lost. Yeah. Yeah. Do you wanna? Do you wanna do the other two for good measure? Well, I, we come this I've, far. It's kind of sad because I think Jethro Tull was the the make or break because I think you're gonna get the other two right. Wow. Um, Great. Is Smashing Pumpkins still together? Oh. Now, now, um, I will say. All right, I'm going to clarify. This is Smashing Pumpkins still together with more than 50% of their original lineup. Yes. They are. Yeah. Uh, Darcy is the only one that uh, and mm-hmm. she she is not coming back. Okay, played one show and she fucked off. Yeah, that's not going to happen ever again, I don't think. And it, and if it does, I think they all need to be psychologically evaluated because I'm not really sure who the crazy one is there. That's fair. They they all seem well, the two of them seem nuts. The other the other two seem like they're normal and they're just, just hanging like, out yeah this is a lot of money and you we're guys just gonna think keep we could just maybe get our bill yeah and... oh you're gonna pay me like an eight million dollars go on tour with these fucking people for like two months i get my own bus oh all right i'll do it um are the police still together no not since 2008 but i figured because you don't like the police that you'd be so removed from their news that you'd be like yeah maybe See, I don't like the police, but my dad loves the police, mm. and he's long been waiting for a police opportunity. Now, you don't like the police. Do you like Sting? No. No, eh? No. Hmm. I like Sting. Okay. I don't, Feel, I don't fault people for liking... Fields of Gold? Great song. I don't fault people for liking them. It's just not really my cup of tea. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, that's uh, laced up for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing along. I uh, hope you enjoyed the hockey talk that we did have. Wait, is is Color Me Bad still together? What was the answer to that? <laughs> anyway, uh, Color Me Bad played a show two months ago. They're still together. Oh, good for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know that you ever would have listened to them, but I figured you would have heard them just because they're like a bigger, like, popular culture, sort of. Like, they were big in the 90s, a little before your time, I guess. Our time? I Wanna Sex You Up, I think, was their big song. Wow, mm-hmm. that's aggressive. Mm-hmm. That probably wouldn't fly in today's 2019 culture, um, landscape. No, but they were they were respectful about it. Oh, um, yeah. I want to sex you up if you let me Ooh. take your clothes off. If you let me take your pants off. Sounds like a Will Ferrell <laughs> or Will Smith rap. I mean, it sounds like a Will Smith rap you're singing right now. Um, <laughs> I'd like to donate these cans to try to get a charity together, ma'am. Yeah. Clean your room when your mom says, <laughs> otherwise you're going to get grounded. Oh, yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. Um, if you need to find our content and you're not listening to us on your own device, I'm going to start prefacing it that way. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Clomper, Portugal Radio, among other things. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Anything? Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the breakup, maybe. Nah, who are we kidding? All I'm gonna watch is the Sopranos. I'm gonna talk about that next week. Come, come on the bass drum. Come uh, on the bass kick drum. drum. Kick drum. <laughs> I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not really a kick drum uh, kind of guy. Uh, I'm more of a sit and listen. I'm not a not a kick drum kind of guy. Uh, yeah, take yeah. it all in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Can't. All right. Goodbye. See you. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're good at jumping fast.